Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast not ready for Selection Sunday. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. If you're looking for Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly content, we recorded a, a separate episode on, on the podcast feed just talking about the coaching carousel, which has been absolutely insane. But uh, be sure to check out that episode. On this one, we're just talking football. We're just talking about the game. So, Ryan, what was your first takeaway from this past weekend? I'm going to talk about the Iron Bowl and uh, what a crazy game that was. Yeah. Um, Auburn's defense just stepped up to the plate here, played an amazing game. They shut Bama out for three quarters. Bama did not score a point. Um, unfortunately, Auburn couldn't do anything offensively, really. They had just 159 uh, yards of offense. Ouch. Um, so they, they, they obviously let Bama hang around. Uh, and the tide made them pay here. Um, they had to go, Bama had to go the length of the field with about a minute and a half uh, to tie the game. And Bryce Young just led a clutch drive um, to even the score at 10 and and force that overtime where Bama did end up pulling it out uh, in the fourth overtime where now we're getting into the alternating two-point conversions. But it's a tough loss for Auburn. But hey, at least they played well and they, you know, showed well. But that's <laughs> it's tough to lose the no, Iron there's, Bowl. Like there's that. no at least. There's no, <laughs> no at least. It's brutal. It that was, it's they brutal. had this one. They had it. I know, really. Stay in bounds, man. A, yeah. It could have put a big damper on Alabama's season playoff hopes, but mm, man, good game though. Okay. Uh, the other big game of the weekend was Michigan, Ohio State, of course, and uh, Harbaugh finally did it at home. They they beat Ohio State, and of course, in hindsight, it was a great decision for Michigan to retain him for this year and give him that you know incentive-laden contract. And this... It was no fluke. Like their offensive line just dominated Ohio State. They couldn't stop the run. Uh, Hassan Haskins had five rushing touchdowns. Just unbelievable. Michigan might be making the playoff. We thought at the beginning of the year there was a good chance Harbaugh was getting fired. Instead, if they win against Iowa in the Big Ten title, they're in the playoff. I saw a tweet last, I think it was yesterday, where like it showed about the Rutgers game last year where they're like one and three and Rutgers was kicking a 45 yard field goal to win. And had that like gone in, maybe Harbaugh just gets fired right after that. But it was just missed by like a foot, you know. So like, like he was saying, maybe this field goal just yeah is why this is happening. Why Harbaugh's still here? It's just so splitting hair sometimes in the in this game. Crazy. All right. Well, I'm going to touch on another rivalry. Uh, Bedlam, man, awesome edition of of Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Uh, the Cowboys won 37-33, and it ended up being an old school. Bedlam game is because everyone kind of thought this would be a lower scoring game. Uh, but this game had a lot, man. Lead changes, big momentum swings. Each team had incredibly costly special teams mistakes. And when Oklahoma got the ball back late, Caleb Williams looked like he was about to pull the Okie State fans' souls out of their bodies uh, with that long run, but he ended up being <laughs> caught. And, and then the D was able to, to hold on uh, a few plays later. But Oklahoma's defense, Oklahoma State's defense was the story in the end. They didn't allow a second half touchdown. Gundy, man, just he's done a heck of a job. And now they can win the Big 12 title this weekend and potentially sneak into the playoff. Just not what you would have thought before yeah. the season. No, not at all. Especially some of their closer games in the non-conference. Just 
they've just continued to win that great defense. Uh, all right, I'm going to move on to uh, another different Big 12 uh, matchup here. I'm talking about Baylor and Texas Tech. And without Gary Bohannon, barely, barely survives here. A scare from Texas Tech that, you know, obviously would have cost the the um, Baylor Bears a chance to play for the Big 12 title game here this week. But Texas Tech missed a 53-yard field goal as time expired. Just that would have tied the game and sent it to overtime. So Baylor hung on for the 27-24 win. Um, and boom, they're back in the Big 12 title game. Just what, a couple years back they were, they were in it? So great job here by Dave Aranda. Um, but Blake Shapin came in for for Gary Bohannon. He kind of filled in for him. And he was solid, but I think, you know, you, you definitely were hoping Bohannon comes back uh, healthy. If the, hopefully that hamstring is is good to go for the Big 12 title game. But hey, great season for Baylor, kind of regardless of what happens in the in the title game here. Yeah. And as we record this, I don't think Dave Aranda has or at least it hasn't come out that he has signed an extension or a new deal. Yeah. So uh, we'll have to we'll have to see what happens there. Uh, but I am going to give Trey credit for something because I think it's time to declare victory. Trey, this offseason, you put Lane Kiffin ahead of Coach O in uh, in our SEC head coach rankings episode. Um, former national championship winning head coach, Coach O. <laughs> oh, did I? Oh, my, oh, maybe I'm giving myself credit here, too. Oh, oh wow. I, <laughs> I just wanted to... You know, give Trey credit, but oh, really, I'm but just giving really myself you. credit. So, yeah. was I the only one that didn't? Apparently? Yeah, uh, but you, I, you, you, yeah, you're the, unless there's a fourth bro, I'm unaware of. But, um, <laughs> I just didn't know. Well, I we did have that. the fourth bros in the audience, of course, but, uh, but no. So Lane Kiffin led Ole Miss to their first 10 win season in program history. They beat Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl, which it's just crazy. He took he took over a team in 2020 that had just gone four and eight the year before. This was not like a ready made situation. Uh, to be great and he's quickly turning them around just like he turned around FAU so I think I mean maybe there's some people out there that disagree but I think most people would prefer Lane Kiffin mm. to Coach O at this point oh, but yeah. Coach O did get a nice final victory over A&M so good for him yeah it was good yeah all right I'm gonna go to North Carolina North Carolina State insane ending on Friday night uh, North Carolina man they they hit it a field goal with two minutes left to go Rough. up nine, like Tar Heels are celebrating it. It's over. Then Leary, he throws a 64 yard touchdown to Amezi, give them a chance, but they still need to get an onside kick only for the kicker to end up getting the onside kick. And then Leary throws another touchdown pass to Amezi, who, by the way, he mossed the defender on that one, but NC state ends up scoring twice in 30 seconds to stun the Tar Heels. Uh, and Really, this game kind of summarized the North Carolina season where they just couldn't live up to the hype, uh, couldn't get over the hump in a few games. And really, for NC State, good for them. Uh, North Carolina has a history of knocking them down. And, you know, going into next year, the Tar Heels are going to need to regroup for Mac Brown as they're most likely going to lose Sam Howell. Yeah, definitely. That one was uh, especially rough. The, the bro's dad had uh, North Carolina money line in that one yeah so. not a, that's rough <laughs> rough one he's had a rough go he's had a rough go lately uh, <laughs> it's a rough seems like a run here <laughs> yeah rough little 50-year run for him uh, all right <laughs> <laughs> anywho uh iowa and nebraska is uh the one i'm talking about next uh, you know it's i had to bring it up i'm sorry i'm just really hurting myself on this one but nebraska mm-hmm. once again outplays an opponent for most of the game, but still 
magically found a way to lose. Um, this time it was aided by a blocked punt that Iowa returned for a touchdown that made the score 21 to 16 Nebraska early in the fourth quarter, but it was over <laughs> at that point. Uh, after that nebraska got a, gave up a safety uh, it was just it's just atrocious nebraska special teams by far the worst in the country this year their special teams and offense gave up like about six points per game was attributed to their offense <laughs> to the other team so it's just like that's incredible i mean that's just an insanely high number um so this team with the decent special teams finished a seven and five like at worst I mean, it, it it made that big of an impact. But anywho, they're three and nine. All nine losses by one by one by single digits. Uh, first time that's ever happened. So we're making history. Uh, Iowa, though, <laughs> who I should be talking about, wins the wins the West. Uh, somehow won ten games despite a putrid offense. But hey, I, I'll take 10, 10 wins and a putrid offense all day long, baby. But we just it just doesn't happen. But where did they finish in SP plus, Ryan? That's really what's important. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's Nebraska. Uh, okay. Card well, Nebraska, rough one. Moving on. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, Wazoo capped off a, a great season this past weekend. They won the Apple Cup at Washington 40 to 13, just dominated the Huskies. They stormed the field on the road. So, yeah, it was cool. kind of a nightmare season for, for Washington. And my takeaway well, we're going to talk about this in the coaching episode, but Jake Dickert, won the job the interim head coach this game maybe this game did it because uh, who knows what would happen if if they would have lost it but uh he did a great job after taking over for rolovich so good good for the Cougs. yeah indeed uh ryan you talked about iowa the big 10 west like i also got to touch touch on wisconsin minnesota because and, and really the west in general because you thought you had the Big Ten West figured out, and then this game happens because the Badgers, they had won seven games in a row, looked like the team that most uh, of us had thought we would see at the beginning of the year. Seven-point favorites for Paul Bunyan's axe, and if they win, they go to the Big Ten title. But Minnesota controlled the game, stymied the Badgers' offense. They ended up winning by 10, and it really just ultimately puts a a, a, a bow on the, the West where like almost anyone could have won that division. Iowa, won, you, you mentioned it. They won it in spite of their their offense, uh, had some fortunate close wins. Minnesota, they had that head-scratching loss to Bowling Green, yet they were in it until the, the final game of the season. Wisconsin underperformed. Nebraska, arguably the best best team, but <laughs> worst record. Northwestern won it last year. <laughs> they finished last. Like, unbelievable. Purdue beat two top five teams, yeah. didn't do it. It was just so such a bizarre year in the West. It was. Definitely. Okay, let's uh, look ahead to championship week, and we'll start with our segment here. We're going to run through some playoff scenarios. So uh, we're recording this right after the committee came out with their rankings. No real surprises. Um, Michigan did did move up to second ahead of Alabama. But um, okay, so I've got some scenarios to throw at you guys. So first off, obviously Georgia is in no matter what, uh, win or lose, and um Michigan well there's there's two other teams that are definitely in with a win I would say 100% Michigan of course yeah. if they beat Iowa and they're almost assuredly out if they lose and then Alabama obviously if they beat Georgia you say is, Michigan's is almost and assuredly out with a loss yeah I don't want to say 100% I haven't gone through all the scenarios but I think it's a well we're getting too that's too into the weeds I can't I can't entertain yeah, that, that scenario I haven't that would be 
That would be pretty bad as a 10-point favorite. <laughs> All right. We, maybe as we get deeper into these hypotheticals, Ryan, mm-hmm. we'll get to that scenario where somehow mm-hmm. Michigan gets in with a loss. That's why I said almost assuredly. I haven't, I haven't literally gone through every permutation. But anyway, Alabama, yeah, in with a win. Not, I definitely would not say almost assuredly out with a loss. They, they definitely uh, could have a chance to get in with a loss. We'll get to that. Uh, but so, okay, here's, here's the first scenario. Let's assume that Georgia wins and, mm-hmm. and Michigan wins. So there's, there's two spots taken up. So there could potentially be four teams vying for those final two spots. So let's go through the pecking order that we would have or that we think the committee would have for these four teams. And that'll kind of give you an idea of our, what we would think in, in any scenario because we're kind of giving you the, the pecking order here. So it's 12-0 and Cincinnati. Or sorry, thirteen and zero Cincinnati, eleven and one Notre Dame, twelve and one Oklahoma State, and eleven and two Alabama. So, how would you guys order those four? I'm gonna let Trey have first crack. Uh, I'm going. I'm going twelve and zero Cincy, um, just because I think they're helped by Notre Dame well, thir- winning all thirteen the other and zero Cincy. But yeah, or sorry, yeah. helped by winning all the other games uh that did the irish uh it is razor thin though because 12 and 1 okie state i would have next and this is really tough for me because they will have beaten back-to-back top 10 teams and they destroyed every other team since their their lone loss in mid-october by a field goal on the road so they're those two are neck and neck and then and then i would have bama followed by notre dame Okay. I completely Brian. agree. I, I, I had the I had the same one. Cincinnati, thirteen and zero. They get to play Houston, so it's not like you know. I mean, they're already ahead of Oklahoma State right now, and Baylor and Houston are pretty comparable as far as ranking. So I just don't see Oklahoma State being able to jump Cincy. Not that I would leave them out in this scenario, but so I think Cincy gets it at one. Oklahoma State would be the the last team in, and then yeah, Bama and then Notre Dame. Uh, unfortunately, Notre Dame's just. Not strong enough. They only beat three teams with a winning record: eight and four Wisconsin, eight and four Purdue, and a seven and five Toledo team who they barely beat. So, other than that, nobody else with a winning record. So, it's just too weak. I'm going to step in to disagree with you on something about Oklahoma State. You know, Oklahoma State beating Baylor. Baylor is ranked a lot higher than Houston. I there there is the a top ten significant too much. Yeah, too much of a gap. difference there. Uh, well, I I think th- my point is I. I'm kind of split on that. I'm kind of split on whether Oklahoma State or Cincy would be ahead. I think I lean towards Oklahoma State passing them up because they're only, like we said, one spot behind them now, and they're going to mm-hmm. get, well, assuming they both win, they're going to get a significantly better win. Now, it might. I, it's so close for me, though, that it might depend on the score, right? Like if, if right. Cincinnati blows out Houston, maybe they'll stay ahead. But anyway, I, I went with Oklahoma State ahead of Cincinnati as, as what I think the, the committee would do. And then I agree with you guys, Alabama ahead of Notre Dame. I'm not super confident on that. And again, you know, if Alabama gets blown out, maybe they fall behind Notre Dame. But yeah, but yeah, that's that's it's the order all, it's I have. Definitely how it how it happens. Yeah, that right. can matter. So okay, so I guess in that scenario, we have Alabama and Notre Dame getting left out, and Oklahoma State and Cincinnati making it. That's kind of if mm-hmm. uh, if it all goes chalky. How about this? Here's the nightmare nightmare scenario for the bubble teams. So Alabama beats Georgia. They're, of course, both in. Michigan beats Iowa. So there's a third spot there. So now we've got one spot. I think we've already eliminated Notre Dame, of course. 
Uh, yep. Yeah. So it's going to come down to either Cincinnati or Oklahoma State. Um, Oklahoma State. Who who we taking there? We kind of. I mean, we, we just answered. That. It, I guess we just. Yeah. Sorry. We just. That's why. <laughs> no. It's, it but just it's, answered it's true. it. But but now it's a more focused question. You know, yeah. it's like there's kind of a yeah, difference yeah. between having Cincinnati third or fourth or fourth or fifth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Those Would two are the Oklahoma the razor State thin. Them? I could mm. honestly see the committee doing it because they would have literally just beaten two top ten teams in a mm. row. Like that's, uh, yeah. but it's going to depend on how it happens. Gives me pause. The things that the thing that gives me pause is that the the path of least resistance for the committee. Not that this is what you know. That's what they're trying to do. But the path of least resistance is putting Cincinnati in, they, because yeah. people will yeah. go ape crap if oh yeah if yeah an undefeated cincinnati does not get in with a win at notre dame um that's what's but helping just them. based on like the strength of record the the top six in these latest rankings went exactly according to um to the strength of record metric uh, on espn so if if oklahoma state i think oklahoma state would pass up cincinnati in strength of record potentially because they're i think right now just like one slot behind cincinnati in that of course and they'd get a better win so mm. that they, they might pass them up like you said it could i would lean Cincinnati, depend on but... yeah it, but it could depend on the the result of the game like if they both win but cincinnati wins by 20 and oklahoma state just mm-hmm. barely beats baylor I, there's no way cincinnati gets left out in that type of scenario right yeah i would i would lean towards cincinnati there i i agree yeah so okay yeah. I'll be interested to, to hear what the listeners think. May, I'm sure there are listeners out there that think, no, Cincinnati win and in no matter what. Maybe there's there's those that think Oklahoma State for sure in. But let us know on Twitter. We, I don't want to. We should point out that like Notre Dame isn't completely dead. Dead. Like if, if no. Cincinnati and Oklahoma State lose or one of them loses and Bama gets blown out, you know, there's Notre Dame has a, a, a chance. It's It's unlikely, but there's a chance. Uh, yeah, no, it's not. Yeah, I, I didn't mean to just the scenarios we laid out. They were unlikely, but there are definitely yep. scenarios that could play out where, yeah, where they get in for sure. Um, they just need you think, they need the most help of anybody, but it's not like an insane amount of help. They just need a couple right. couple of things to break their way. Do you think Michigan is a two loss? Michigan gets in over a one loss Notre Dame? No. Oh, no. I hadn't thought about this. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't think so because a loss to Iowa and a loss to Michigan State. You know, that's not not amazing losses. We had eleven there. and two Bama in front of them. I know they lost to would lose to Georgia, but because that's like where I'm thinking where two loss Michigan could actually maybe get in where they just lose to Iowa and then all they would need if they're if they're a stay ahead of Notre Dame, all they would need is one other thing to mm-hmm. happen like a Cincy loss, an Oklahoma State loss. Um, or maybe Alabama just gets beat whooped. But how about this? I mean, if we're talking about a two-loss Michigan, does a two-loss Baylor Big Twelve champion pass up Michigan? I I don't no. know. I I haven't I hadn't gone down this far on the list. You think no? Absolutely not. No, no. A Big Ten champ gets in over the Big Twelve champ like an, at the same loss. Record. But they're not a Big yeah. Twelve champ. They're not a Big but Ten Michigan champ. Michigan isn't Ryan. a Big Ten you're, champ. You're saying Michigan loses two-loss Big Ten team. <laughs> okay okay yeah i I, Um, I would think i I think i think uh michigan would get in over baylor okay but i i i still think what was the first question i asked now my yeah i think they have to win because who who who's the first team we were just comparing to them i'm sorry it's late and my brain is in a pretzel but 
Oh, they would they would fall back because Bama's playing Georgia. They're playing the top team in the country by far. So unless they get absolutely murdered, okay. So Bama loses. Okay, so even if the Bama lost, they would still Bama would still be ahead of them. Both teams lose. I think think? so. Yeah. Well, unless yeah, unless yeah. Well, we're getting in the weeds, but (laughs) we we are in the weeds. But if Bama and Oklahoma State lose, or if Oklahoma State lose, uh, anywho. I think it's possible. <laughs> All <laughs> right, fair enough. A lot of scenarios. I, you at least thought about you thought about <laughs> Michigan before, so I will yeah. uh, I'll give you credit for that because I just I hadn't even thought about it. Hello, everyone. This is the the Bros from the Future uh, because we we finished this podcast and we we're still talking about Michigan. And Trey and I have had a chance to think about it. Ryan has had a chance to to fully explain himself and and us comprehend it. So he's kind of. He's he's made a good argument. So Ryan, let's again because I feel like during the episode it was it was not well thought out by by me and Trey. Okay, maybe not well articulated by me. Um, all right, so here we go, boys. So Michigan as a two loss team has a realistic chance, and I'm going to tell you why. So to me, I feel like it's really down to six teams for play the playoff position because at seven you got Ohio State, and I just I don't see how they would get in at this point because Michigan with two losses is going to get in ahead of them. Then after them, Baylor, if they win, I think Baylor's now. Yeah. I'm not Michigan totally willing to throw out Baylor like that, but okay, I I, I can proceed. I, I think, okay, but it's a legitimate case that Michigan's ahead of them. Yes. So to me, I got it down to six. Um, Now, Notre Dame's the sixth team. I, I think Michigan has a real strong case as a two-loss team to be ahead of uh, a one-loss Notre Dame. Right, they would have the best win. That to, that's that's a question. That's a big if. So there, mm-hmm. I, I again, I I can't rule it out. I I I favor Notre. I think Notre Dame would be ahead of Michigan, but I can't one hundred percent say that. Right, it's 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 especially close. with Brian Kelly out. If the committee considers that. All right, so so there's five teams left that, that we we're talking about. We got Georgia, Michigan, Cincinnati, Bama, and Oklahoma State. So in that scenario. Michigan really just needs one of those teams to drop out. Okay, and it's not going to be Georgia, but if Cincy loses, they're completely gone, right? Yeah. So that's likely. that. You smoke to track them, and Michigan, boom, they're one of the four remaining. Okay. Now, if now if you take out, if let's say Cincy and Oklahoma State lose, well, then Notre Dame could get in with Michigan or something like that, right? It allows one of those other teams. So, uh, or maybe two loss. Oklahoma State would get in over Notre Dame, but yeah, it's close. No, and you've definitely but, if there's chaos scenarios where everything perfectly happens for Michigan, then yeah, you've convinced me they could definitely get in. I don't even think it's that big a chaos. Like if Oklahoma State loses and Michigan loses, who do you think gets in? Over Who do you think is a better resume there? I think Michigan over Oklahoma State. Yeah, I think Michigan would Pretty stay clearly. ahead, yes. Well, and Notre Dame. But yeah, Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame's going to be ahead of the question, Michigan. I, I think the big question is Notre Dame-Michigan, I, whether or not Michigan could. The... Notre Dame's dominance has been good, but Michigan having that win against Ohio State would really help them. Mm-hmm. But again, then yeah. I think, oh, they just lost to Iowa as a yeah. double-digit favorite. That's not a great look. Yeah, they'd have a loss to Iowa mm-hmm. and Michigan State, whereas Notre Dame just a loss to Cincy, who, yeah, I guess Cincy would then have a loss. But but still, no, I, I yeah. think Notre Dame would yeah. get in. But it's, then maybe it's Michigan tough. then just needs more to happen, right? Like you've, you've described. Oklahoma State they, they and Cincy be... to go down. Right, right. So Then it's very plausible. I am sorry, Ryan. Sorry for discounting it earlier, Ryan. Yes. Yeah. It's, um, it's not totally unrealistic. It's pretty. It's going to happen now. I feel it. It's going to happen now that we've talked <laughs> I about hope this. So. 
Oh, man. Yeah, that'd be cool. Anyway, <laughs> just thought we'd pop in and say hello to the fourth bros with uh, that extra discussion. But uh, back to the regularly scheduled episode. All right. Yeah. Are we are we in enough playoff talk for now? Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's get to <laughs> conference championship week. Uh, Ryan, what's our first uh, first conference preview? Uh, the ACC. Uh, we got uh, Pitt is a three point favorite over Wake Forest. Um, so Trey, what do you see in this surprising ACC title game? Yeah, no kidding. This is a tough one to me, but I'm going to roll with Wake. Uh, I'm leaning towards them because. They've had a tough slate the last four games, uh, and I, I came away impressed with with how they really played. Uh, notably, they beat a ranked NC State, and then last week a thirty point thrashing on the road against Boston College. And you know, I, I know a lot of the the talk and buildup of this game is about Kenny Pickett, and he's had a great season. Don't get me wrong, but Sam Hartman ain't too bad himself. Uh, I you know I can see this game uh, light up the scoreboard, but I'm going to say Wake covers the three here. Okay, I'm I'm gonna go the other way. I like Pitt to be able to get some more stops. Uh, they're very good against the run, so you know that's at least something. Uh, Wake's defense, of course, is is just not good in in any facet. Um, they've you know Pitt has allowed a lot fewer explosive plays, um, and, and if Kenny Pickett has a big game here, maybe he can have a puncher's chance at the Heisman because of course Bryce Young, the favorite right now, he's going up against the toughest defense. Yeah, we've seen it a long time, so maybe he has a bad game. CJ Stroud, of course, is idle, so who knows? But uh, but yeah, give me give me Pitt. I'm gonna lean with Trey. I'm gonna take those points. I mean, yeah, Wake Forest's defense isn't good, but hey, they've still managed to win ten games, and they're there in the ACC title game for a reason, man. They find ways to win. Good QB play. Um, I don't know. I just Pitt hasn't been dominant enough to, for me to think that they're just gonna win relatively easy versus Wake. I'm, I'm I think these teams are relatively equal. Give me the points. All right, moving on to the Big 12. We've got Baylor against Oklahoma State. It's in Jerry World. Oklahoma State is favored five and a half. Michael, lead us off. Yeah, that's that's just, I think, too many points for me to lay with, with Oklahoma State. The total in this game is 46 and a half. I think it could be kind of an ugly slog of a game that that could go either way it obviously hurts that gary bohannon like you mentioned ryan is is questionable um missed last week with a hamstring injury but blake shapen did well the the freshman and you know i i kind of trust uh jeff grimes to be able to put him in in a position to succeed now that's easier said than done against oklahoma state's defense one of the best defenses in the country but uh but yeah i i I, I think Baylor can still cover that five and a half. I'm going the other way. I'm taking Oklahoma State, who I feel like is 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 playing like the better team right now. Um, obviously, they're coming off a huge win there, but Baylor to me without without a healthy Bohannon, I think that really limits them. Um, and because you saw last week against Texas Tech, they couldn't they didn't have success running uh, running the ball. And Abram, Abram Smith had been killing it this year, and all of a sudden without Bohannon, now they kind of struggled to run. That's that's worrisome for me going up against Oklahoma State and their offense trying to starting to figure stuff out spencer sanders playing pretty well so i don't know i just think the cowboys are playing clearly better to me and i think they're a good solid touchdown favorite in my eyes so i'm gonna take them i totally hear what you're saying ryan but i am gonna take take baylor just in the off chance too that that bohannon does does go um i just feel like oklahoma state they put a lot into bedlam last week and celebrated knocking them off for the first time in a while i just i think that baylor could could take advantage of that and 
hopefully Grimes can scheme something up against that good defense. All right, let's get to the Big Ten title. Michigan is a 10.5-point favorite against Iowa in Indianapolis. Winning their in. What do you think here, Ryan? Yeah, I'm taking I'm taking and apparently the Ryan here. apparently lose and they still might be in. So they still might be in. They got a shot, baby. <laughs> uh hey, I hope it happens and you guys are like, wow, Ryan actually. I know I, I, I need to go that. back to the drawing board and really look at this one, but <laughs> it back. just Not took me far-fetched. by surprise. The, the real okay. question is are they ahead of Notre Dame if they lose? <laughs> I don't then think so, but I guess I can't I can't eliminate that. If 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 the committee is gonna punish Notre Dame for Brian Kelly not being there, which I really, yeah. really hope that they do not do that. But yeah, who knows? Yep. All right. Um, I'm taking Michigan here. I don't think they're going to need the, the two loss scenario. I think they're going to win comfortably in this one. Iowa's offense is just so bad. Um, I think Aiden Hutchinson and that defensive line will have a kind of a field day. I think they'll get ahead of uh, Iowa. Iowa's going to have to try to come back. It's going to be bad. There doesn't matter who's playing quarterback for Iowa. It's going to be a rough go. And I've been, I was so impressed with Michigan's offensive line. Uh, I think they're going to be ready to go in this one. They know they're playing for the playoff. I, I think they're going to play loose, free, just whoop Iowa. I'm with you, Ryan. I'm going to go chalk as well, take the maize and blue. You know, I understand the theory that they're kind of riding high from their huge win against the Buckeyes, but I just think they're superior. Uh, they're going to ride that wave to a Big Ten championship. Y- you touched on earlier in your your recaps, Ryan, how Iowa's offense was pretty inept against Nebraska, uh, really only one because of inept special teams. So I don't see how Michigan's defense isn't going to force Iowa to struggle. Uh, I know Iowa's defense is stout, but Michigan is the best team that they've faced this season because Iowa avoided Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State in the regular season. So they didn't have murderers <laughs> row. I think Michigan's superior. Fun to be benefits of being Iowa. They always have the soft schedule. <laughs> And they uh, they did play Wisconsin, of course, who's in the division and, you know, lost 27 to 7. So I think this has the potential uh, to look something like that game. I'm with you guys. I'm, I'm taking Michigan. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to a game that'll be played on Friday night uh, in Vegas. We got the Pac-12 title game between uh, a rematch, actually, between Oregon and Utah, where uh, Utah just demolished them. But they're only favored two and a half in this one. So what do you think, Trey? Yeah, that game was in Salt Lake under the lights. I'm I'm looking for a different outcome here. Uh, Oregon last year they peaked in the. I know it was a weird COVID year, but they peaked in the Pac-12 title game. I'm going to say they do the same here. Um, Oregon probably wasn't going to win going into that buzzsaw a few weeks ago at Utah. Remember the Utes returned a punt on the last play of the first half, and that kind of clinched it, just nailing the coffin. I think the it Ducks already learned a lot nothing. from that that game. <laughs> I'm not right. I know. I'm just. I'm just pointing it out that that was, <laughs> was the, why the, the nail won. in the coffin. Uh, <laughs> yes, it was. I didn't. I didn't say it was why they won. I'm just saying that was <laughs> part of the part of the reason they ran into this in, incredible, incredible atmosphere and incredible Ute team that night. But uh, mm-hmm. and I look at last week, like the Ducks, they were dominant for three quarters before taking the foot off against foot off the gas against the the Beavers. Travis Dye ran well. Anthony Brown had one of his best games in the air. I think they're going to put up a much better fight this week, and I'll take Oregon. Yeah, I, I think this this spread just kind of goes to show you from, at least from a predictive standpoint, people definitely way overreact to head-to-head. You know, we talked about Utah just murdered Oregon, so I'm sure a lot of people would call you crazy or call, you know, an odds maker crazy that says, yeah, you know, Oregon's almost as good as Utah or about as good, but here we are. That's that's what the spread is. Um 
And yeah, Utah's a, a different team away from home. So I I am kind of looking to take Oregon. I trust Joe Moorhead to make some adjustments from the last game, which of course did not go well. Um, yeah, maybe it's just a little bit of uh, going up up against. Not that this is a winning strategy, but just it feels like everyone's going to look at this line and say, "How is Utah only favored two and a half?" So I'll take the Ducks. But Ryan, I think the odds makers are crazy. Take I, don't, I don't know how they. I don't know how they do it. I'm not sure. I mean. Utah just pummeled him. How do you only have a two and a half? Crazy. Uh, <laughs> I am going to take the Utes, though. I actually like them here. I just think they're such a good, they're a good matchup for for Oregon. I think they can kind of physical, physical, out physical them, um, like they did in Salt Lake. I know it's it's away from home. I know they're a little different team, but hey, this is not like it's in Eugene. All right, so I think they're Oregon is um, not exactly up to the task here against a, a strong Ute team. I'm taking the Utes. All right. Moving on to maybe the biggest one, the SEC championship. Georgia is favored six and a half against Alabama in Atlanta. Michael, let's hear it. Bubble teams hoping for a Georgia blowout of Alabama here. Um, I am going to pick Georgia against the spread here uh, for one main reason. I worry about Alabama's offensive line going up against, you know, one of the most dominant defenses in our lifetime. Um, it, it, it's tough to lay this many points of, uh, against Nick Saban, against you know an Alabama team with Bryce Young, who overall this season has played great and and still has some good receivers. This will be, you know, uh, easily the best team I think that um, that Georgia's faced, the best offense they've faced for sure. So I, I won't assume a blowout, um, but I I just think Georgia's been at least a touchdown better this year. When you look at how they've played all season long, they might be getting, well, George Pickens came back last game. Maybe he'll be um, kind of even more up to speed this game. That doesn't hurt the offense. So give me the Bulldogs. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm taking the Georgia as well. I I do think they've just been over a touchdown better this year. And it's hard for me to go against Bama as an under, like with with points just because it's Bama. Um, but if you just look at what's been going on, like at the statistics and at what's been going on this year with them, you know, pulling rabbit out of their hat somehow and beating Auburn on the road, it's just not not that great. Where Georgia's just, ah, man, it's hard to bet against them right now. They've been so so dominant. Um, seems like they can take it up a notch too if they wanted to on offense. So I'm with Michael. I'm taking Uga until proven otherwise. I want Bama, but I just, I'm sorry, I want Georgia, but I want to see them pass this first test before I'm I'm penciling them in. I'm taking Bama. This line was four all last week, so I'm not going to totally overreact to to just last week. I'll chalk it up, make an excuse. It was the Iron Bowl on the road. They, they already knew they were in Atlanta, uh, and when they needed it most, they did deliver. So props to Georgia. They blew out everyone this year, but I want to see their offense when they're in a tight game in the fourth quarter, which this very well could be. They haven't had that this year, so I'll take the points. Okay, let's get to the group of five. We'll start out with the AAC championship, the American, and it is Houston at Cincinnati. Cincinnati favored 10 and a half, our first chance for a, a G5 team in the playoff. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, uh, would be great if they did. Um, I'm going to take Houston with the points, though, here. Houston's won 11 in a row. They've been playing great, just almost about as equal as Cincinnati as far as if you just kind of look at what's been going on here, obviously Cincinnati has a great win and is undefeated at beat Notre Dame, but Houston's been good. And I think Houston actually matches up pretty well with Cincinnati. They got a great defensive line. I think maybe can kind of stand up to the physicality of that Bearcat uh, offense off the offensive front and maybe they can get after 
um, Ritter a little bit. Um, but 10 and a half is just a lot when you got Clayton Toon on offense for Houston's also had a really good year. I trust them to be able to move the ball a little bit on Cincy. I don't know. I just don't trust Cincy to be able to easily handle Houston, a good team. I know. I mean, Cincinnati has been somewhat skating by during the season, but they've peaked in, in bigger games like Notre Dame, SMU, we thought was a threat. And now I think they're going to take care of Cincinnati, uh, or sorry, take care of Houston. Uh, they've, they've been waiting for this game. I don't think the pressure of the situation is going to be too much for for Cincinnati, especially they get to play this game at home. Uh, nice and chilly weather. I mean, I do think you, you mentioned it. Houston, they have a good defense. They might keep Ritter somewhat in check early, but I think the Bearcats' strong defense is going to prevent the Cougars from really doing much, and Cincinnati will wear them down the second half. Okay, I'm I'm agreeing with Ryan. I'm I'm taking the ten and a half points. Uh, just yeah, the combination of a good quarterback and a good defense for Houston, I think, can. Uh, can help them cover the spread. Clayton Toon had a, a really good year. He was, I don't know, I, I wasn't a fan of him before this year, um, but but statistically, he really he really broke out. So it was really the him. same thing with the whole Houston team. I mean, yeah, yeah, this really is worked, this you know, is the year also. I guess that Holgerson had been building up to. Yep. Um, all right, let's move on to uh, our the conference USA title game where we have Western Kentucky, who is a two point favorite over UTSA, who suffered their first loss on uh, their last game. This is a Friday game. So, Michael, what are, you, uh, what are you seeing here? I like the Hilltoppers. They have have won seven straight since they, they did lose in a shootout against UTSA early in the season, but they've really been dominant since then. Um, Zappi, of course, is leading the nation in passing yards. They just murdered uh, a good Marshall team to, to get into this. Uh, championship whereas utsa just got blown out by north texas so i just like the way that western kentucky's playing right now and i'll lay two i agree i'm going western kentucky too you you touched on that marshall game mike they put up 47 points in the second half against a marshall team that has a pretty good defense and you utsa the last few weeks not not the same as with what they started fortunate wins uh before getting crushed in their their first loss last week to north texas uh i'm gonna take the toppers too yeah, I think it's just the tale of opposite seasons for these two teams. Western Kentucky got off to a bit of a slow start, but they're starting to play the best down the stretch. And Bailey Zappi's after figuring out this type of level of football, he's, he's been amazing. Um, and this UTSA is going the opposite direction. They started great, but kind of fading a little bit, running out of juice, it seems like. I'm with you guys. I'm, I'm going to give those small two points and uh, take Bailey Zappi and company. All right, moving on to some action. We got Kent State. Minus three against Northern Illinois. This one is in Detroit. Ryan, where are you leaning? I got to take the points in any Mac game this year. It just seems like whenever <laughs> you think one team's one team's good, then they they lose. Like hey, it was so even this year. There was nobody that was clearly the best. Um, so I'm going to take Northern Illinois plus three. Rocky Lombardi had a good year for them. They kind of bounced back. Northern Illinois did. They they kind of had a couple of rough years, um, but hey, here they are again. And I'm going to, I'm going to take the the Huskies on this one. Yeah. Really rough years, especially last year yeah. was, was brutal. <laughs> and this year, I don't know. I, I don't, they somehow got into this Mac championship. They were one of the luckiest teams in the country. I, I really don't think, I mean, I guess it shows that's their, their three point dog here to Kent state who didn't exactly have a great year either. But um, yeah, I'll, I'm going to lay the points with, with Kent state. I, I think they've got a big edge at quarterback with Dustin crumb. Uh, they did beat them earlier in the year. Not that, of course, I'm not a slave to head to head, but uh, but when it fits mm-hmm. my argument, sure, I'll bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> and 
Hey, Kent State won a 52-47 shootout earlier this year, so it's not uh, something like that could happen again. But NIU, you know, outside of that game, has a knack for winning one scoring games. They won seven this year. I'll take their them with the points. Uh, they kept Lombardi fresh by sitting him last week, and I think uh, I think they'll they could squeak this one out as well. Okay, Mountain West Championship uh, taking place in between where where the bros all live. So uh, Utah State at San Diego State. Uh, of course, San Diego State playing their home games in Carson, California this year. Aztecs favored six. What do you think, Trey? I'm going to take the Aztecs. Uh, Blake Anderson has done a great job with Utah State. I feel like he got the absolute most out of this this team because by the metrics, they're they're not really good, but they got the job done in the win column this year. Um, it can be kind of a little scary proposition taking the Aztecs as decent favorites just because their offense is usually pretty tough to watch. But last week, they whipped a very good Boise team. They rattled, rattled off 24 unanswered points to win comfortably. They have a top 10 defense. I think they'll stymie the Aggies. Um, Utah State didn't play well against the better teams this year. So I think the Aztecs will coast to a program record 12th win. And I'm actually going to make them my lock of the week. Love Brady. Hope. Okay. Yeah. Wow. We, we, I have the same lock here, Trey. Uh, I'm taking the, I'm taking the Aztecs as well. Um, I just think that defense is too much for Logan Bonner, the quarterback for Utah state. And like you said, they, they just didn't fare well against the top groups. And I was impressed with well, how well the Aztecs did play against Boise. They kind of got off to a slow start, but then all of a sudden just, I mean, they just dominated Boise there, uh, second half on it was, it was impressive. So I feel like they've been getting better and better in the running game with Greg Bell is pretty solid. So yeah, and they got the best punter in the country, so it's a big factor. Yeah, hopefully he Aztec gets some baby. Heisman votes. <laughs> uh, I almost never feel comfortable laying points with San Diego State, like like Trey said. Uh, it's not rational, right? They set the spread knowing that San Diego State's offense is bad, but uh, yeah. I'm not a rational human being, so I'm going to take Utah State. I'm going to take six <laughs> points. <laughs> 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 all right good it's a very good well put michael um thank all right you. thank you yeah you're welcome uh sun belt the fun belt is our last uh conference championship here and we got appalachian state is favorite three against louisiana minus well the coach sort of well yeah well he's gonna be there he's gonna be there billy napier yes. is staying on to coach uh coach in this championship game so so that should help and still to be determined whether he would coach in the bowl game i i would have to think he would not but we'll see yeah. uh, anyway but i i don't think that the the napier going to florida news who knows it could be a distraction but i don't think it's going to affect this game too much i i have to think the players understand their coach who's, who's been there a few years taking a you know a big time sec job one of the best jobs in the country um, so I, I don't think that'll affect their performance, but I do like Appalachian state for other reasons. They've just, they've had a lot more dominant performances this year. They've, I, I know they have one more loss than, uh, Louisiana, but I feel like they've played a lot better. Um, so I, I, I just think they're the better team. I'm going to make app state my lock of the week. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to take the, go the other way, take the field goal with the raging Cajuns. Uh, I know they've been skating by in some of their games, but a couple of weeks ago, I really came away impressed with their dominant win against Malik Willis and Liberty. Uh, and it, and earlier this year, Louisiana beat App State 41-13. Now, to App State's credit, they've just been a, a much better team since then. 
but I want to see if Chase Bryce can bounce back from that and, and look better against this good defense. So I'll take the home field, Louisiana Cajuns. Yeah, I can't bet against Louisiana here um, as a three-point dog. Give me three points with a team that's had as much experience as they do. They already won 10 games. Uh, this this team is is was ready for this. This is the they expected to be here. I don't know. I, I I mean, App State's been been playing well, no doubt about it, Mike. But I'm going with the experience here, and that's that's Louisiana. All righty, let's uh, close out this episode with a questionable finish. Two of the craziest coaching moves in college football history happened in the last few days. Name something equally crazy that could conceivably happen in the next few upcoming days. So we had this brought up on our Patreon Discord as a possibility. So it's not necessarily a coaching move, but Kalen DeBoer took the Washington job. Maybe he gets the old Washington quarterback and his Fresno quarterback, Jake Hayner, to go back to Washington and be his quarterback. Well, earlier today, he did enter the transfer portal, and right, bef- literally right before we started recording, the last tweet I read was reporting that, uh, like a Washington writer reporting that sources are saying that Jake Hayner is transferring to UW. So I think we'll see. I did not know that, but it makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. Um, I think that it is possible that sometime in the next few days, I could go 30 minutes without bringing up the fact that USC hired Lincoln Riley. Mm. Ooh, that's gonna be tough wow. for you it's gonna be tough it's gonna be tough um i'm gonna say me eating a seafood dinner mm. not a seafood guy Nah, not gonna happen mm. but all right Bri- it would be brian crazy kelly's if it message what's that it would be crazy if it did though <laughs> would be very crazy uh brian kelly's message to notre dame players upon leaving included the words quote my love for you is limitless. If you were a coach, what loving platitude would you include in your goodbye message to your team? I love you, man. <laughs> okay. Would you say it or Phil write cried. it? Probably say it. Okay. And you were cried. quoting Chuck Amato I there. Cried. We all cried. Yeah. Uh, I've got a nice, a lovely quote here. Life is not about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. <laughs> That's what I tell him. No, you would not <laughs> say that. Tell him. Uh, mine is: I'm always here for you, and will do anything for you if you need it. Yeah, I have a hard time believing, like, uh, you know, a few players end up reaching out to their old coach somewhere where he's already busy. Like, if he would actually do something for them. <laughs> like, who are you again? You could. Can... All right. Last question of the episode. Let's make again. Trey and I made ours last week, and they are dead wrong already. Let's make our playoff predictions yet again. I'm going with Georgia as the one seed, Michigan as the two seed, Oklahoma State as the three, and Cincinnati as the four. Uh, okay, I'm going Georgia number number one, Michigan number two, Cincy three, uh, ahead of Oklahoma State at four. Now, was that two okay. lost Michigan at two or or just one? <laughs> uh, funny guy. All just right. One, just I'm one. Going, just one. I'm <laughs> going Georgia, Michigan, Cincinnati, and Oklahoma State. All right. So we've all got we've all got the same field there. We will. Uh, that, that's mm-hmm, a yeah. guarantee that it won't happen. Uh, but anyway, this is in spot of, do of it. my upset special, which I hit last week, by the way. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. Brag about your upset special. 
Uh-huh. I had North Texas against undefeated UTSA. Hit Ooh. them. Ooh. Easy one there. Nice. Cool. That's right. Good call. Okay. Well, there you have it. Now, thank you for listening to the College Football Bros. Uh, be sure to check out our other episode, of course, where we discuss the coaching carousel, all the new hires, a couple firings as well, um, our thoughts on maybe where Oklahoma and Notre Dame might go from here. Um, also, subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bros. We've had a bunch of episodes uh, being uploaded there uh, over the last few weeks with all this coaching news. So check that out, and we will talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros., Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.